0: Hey. hey welcome to the show cruising with phil my name is phil the cruising i'm back with a new guest uh special guy met him during election fellow mayor candidate, and he also ran last year and he didn't appear for a reason anyways his name jack whedon good guy like the mustache <laughs> hey jack how you doing
1: great thanks for having me on your show i've uh, been watching a few of your episodes for a while and i think uh i mean conversations like these are one of the biggest reasons why i started running
0: oh that's great great so tell the people who you are and what you all know
1: well uh i started running when i was 18 my first uh this is my third election that just passed Mm -hmm. um i it started out as uh I mean, there was a conversation about Toronto, about Toronto politics, about all this stuff. And a few of my friends were really encouraging um, for me to run. I, first, I wasn't even sure if they were being serious, but um, my first run, I believe I was the youngest person on the ballot. Um, I think there was another teenager there too, but we have a few of those every election. And I think that that in its own right is pretty valuable for the political diversity. And uh, then the second election I ran, um I was amazed at how much just a little bit of name recognition went. Um, I got up to six hundred votes on the second election. Um, and since the second election, the first election, i I'd say um, my my politics at the time were I, I was very young. I was eighteen and there were a lot of things that I had strong beliefs on that I didn't have the life experience to back up. And the second election that I ran, I really started thinking about ways that the city was coming together and ways the city would not come together. And that really led me down the path of looking at how the Harris government and then the Ford government, has been shaping the way that we've been able to represent ourselves and well, more more realistically, the ways that we don't get represented since these changes have come in. And uh the, the result is is just the lack of conversations that we have. And then this third election that I ran in that really just got reinforced in my mind because when you have a hundred and two people running, that means that those a lot of those people running, and and you know, this this goes for myself largely, don't feel like we have our voices being represented by representative politicians, and and so we take it into our own hands, start these conversations, see where they go, and try and keep an open mind and shape our opinions
0: with them. It's funny you mention that. That's people make jokes about the hundred two candidates, but yeah, the else you point is that you know those people running are actually going to the city. Not a case of like, numbers, but it's just there's just represent the people we talked before the poll, Voice not heard, no public opinion out there during this last by election. Uh, uh, last year you you the election. I saw your name last year, but can you tell people why you didn't run that or why you weren't in, in any of the debates or anything last year? Yeah, so
1: last year, um, yeah, I guess technically this is my fourth election, third that I've run in. Um, there was the the by election with the uh, Tories' big surprise. Uh, so I wasn't actually expecting that, but. Uh, in the election prior where he did get reelected, um, I'd broken my, I had a motorcycle accident just a few, uh, weeks before that started. And by the time I was walking again, I mean, nominations were still open. Um, I, I, I was focusing on my body. I was focusing on getting better, getting walking, making sure that I wasn't, uh, Creating a situation where I was going to be limping for years and years. So yeah, I broke um, I broke a few bones and uh, spent the better part of six months to eight months recovering. And uh, now I'm about thirteen months in and about ninety five percent of the way there. So,
0: so when did you have the accident in July or August or what?
1: Uh, July or yeah, end of July. so, so, so when
0: when did you did you sign up before that? Did you register before the re- election?
1: after uh yeah i'd start i'd started to i I wasn't entirely sure because there were a few candidates that i really did like that i was starting to think about maybe working with their campaigns um again like you know these conversations start happening and you do start putting your faith and your efforts and your energies into to other candidates i mean later in the election once once this all got underway um guys like yourself uh, people like Sarah Klemenhag, people like uh, Darren Atkinson, you know, these people are are very willing to have conversations where the result is everyone in the room understanding what's being talked about. And, and that to me is, is worth the run. And it's, 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 uh, I, I think that if we had responsible politicians being elected and incumbent, their job really would be going down to the municipal level of consultation and then Listening to these conversations and incorporating them into policy, rather than building policy around blanket
0: promises. You registered. You registered after the accident, like just shortly after. No, I,
1: I I didn't. Once I, once I, once I was down. I mean, it it was. I had a body cast on from about here down for the better part of it. it, There was there. There are some times in your life where you just got to realize when it is and isn't your time to be in the spotlight and i really needed to focus on myself during that
0: time oh my god i'm glad you. i did yeah it's great i'm yeah, still we're not sorry.
1: riding though oh my god if there's one thing we could talk <laughs> about <laughs> transportation <laughs> safety they did it's they, like how many people do i know getting hit on a weekly basis in the city
0: so what the action being what did somebody hit you with your, in your bike or what or... Yeah.
1: yeah yeah i got uh i got t-boned by a car
0: so oh wow so did that was there like a lady kind of a lawsuit or whatever Pardon me? Were there like a lawsuit involved or anybody that got hit you?
1: Um yeah, it's uh the thank God for insurance companies, really. I mean, I, I, I was able to attend uh physical rehabilitation and and was was diligently doing it. I gotta say I found uh my my savior, the swimming pool. Oh but, yeah. Uh, what a what a savor that is oh yeah i've really been i've really been working on on getting myself back to a physical state where i can make sure that my mind and body are properly balanced so that we are not uh not lopsided in that regard oh
0: wow That's crazy. it's crazy I just you know uh i actually chara padavati she just had an accident a bike accident not too long ago i, I didn't know that yeah I yeah yeah. She's uh, okay. yeah so she got a option a big cast and opera, an operation or whatever yeah just took her right, right out of the uh, out of the scope there, you know. It's great. She ran last year for the, uh, for the award. She's a nice lady. I met her, nice lady. But just you know, it's destroys for a loop, you know, least expected. So, uh, tell us about yourself. I know a bit about your background, but where you came from and where you were raised. Um. Yeah. So I was.
1: I'm born and raised. Uh. Basically Kensington Market. Um. I guess technically I was in Baldwin Village for the first few years. Okay. Um but yeah, I've, I've, I was born and raised in, in the Spadina and college area. Uh, I've watched this neighborhood completely change. What a, what a shocker that is. Uh Um, for the first, uh, I guess, I guess for most of my teen years, uh, working, I was working in the Harbor and that, uh, that turned into a, a really, really rewarding, uh, career in trades, but, um, Kathleen Wynn made uh, tuition-free for mature students. And by that time, I'd already been out of school for six years, five years. Um, I was living in Paris, uh, working as a car- uh, carpenter. And uh, when that France? opportunity for... Yeah, Paris, France. Um, when that opportunity for for education came up, I, I jumped on it. And oh. uh, so I'm actually just finishing... Uh, my undergrad right now, I should be graduating by Christmas. If all things go according to plan. And then, uh, yeah, from here, I'm, I think I'm going to try and keep the ball rolling with an LSAT. We'll see how that works out. And
0: What are you studying in uh, school? History. Oh, yeah, history okay. and philosophy.
1: The most useful ones. I mean, oh, I, yeah. I, I'm pretty sure every union hall in the country is uh, has a big lineup for uh, uh, philosophers
0: wait, and historians. I had to study philosophy when I was uh, studying to be a priest for two years.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think as far as uh, yeah. liberal arts go, I mean, if if you're <laughs> in school as a mature person who already has a yeah. trade, if there's yeah. one thing you should go for, it's something that you're interested in, that you're passionate about, and that you're going to learn something. And and I've definitely hit all three of those. Like really anything,
0: um, I gotta pick your pick your brain. Anything, any particular philosopher you kind of enjoy reading?
1: Ah. Uh, um, I'm gonna be honest. I'm on a bit of an anarchist binge right now. Um, I I'm kind of going back through Peter Marshall's um anthology. Um, kind of revisiting, you know, Bakunin and Kropotkin's ideas right now. It, it it's so misunderstood. I I myself don't really understand it, and and the same way that the climate right now it. In the country, internationally, people are throwing around the 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 F word, the C word, the you know the every other political affiliation uh, title, and uh, anarchy is one of those ones that gets thrown around a, a, a huge amount. And uh, you know, I, I found myself after you know hearing it for the nth thousandth time that I needed to know more about it. And the more I read about it, the less I understand about it. So I think we're on the right track. <laughs> Oh, well, yeah. <laughs> it's
0: funny. So, uh, and also you're studying history. What kind of history do you like? Ancient or uh, modern, or what? Like, for all of it.
1: Um, so yeah, um, I, I mean, I like I have a background in marine, um, marine trades and diving. Um Are you diving? So that's, yeah, I did a lot of that for a little while. Um,
0: yeah, a so bit.
1: I mean, you know, the dream is to go to the Mediterranean and go, you know, find Roman shipwrecks, you know, but uh,
0: I found a lot. Uh, of dro- I found I, a lot of. Dro- yeah, dro- I mean, <laughs> you
1: know, that's that's a uh, that's a pipe dream. Um, oh, really? Primarily, I think I think my interest in history is the tangible stuff. Um, thinking about what what you know what what elements of the sardine fisheries and southern europe went into making all those beautiful colors on the walls you know like how is it that that the industry shaped the culture that shaped the, it's beautiful um and super useful like i said the, the union halls they've got they've got postings for historians and philosophers coming out the wazoo i'm sure of it um i haven't looked yet but uh don't don't burst my bubble
0: yeah yeah so you'd like to go over there
1: and work there for a while uh what's in uh what's that in, for like for diving, you like diving? Uh, yeah, diving. Uh, the industry is the industry is pretty hardcore. Um, yeah, yeah. it's uh it's rewarding, it's fun, it's definitely fun, especially for a young man. Yeah. And um, but yeah, no, I, I uh honestly, I when really when I started school five years ago, I I, I really. I think I, I I get garnered a better respect for my own trades and and for for people who have mastered their trade for you know 10, 20, 30, 40 years. Um but I also I mean I, I will admit when I went into the trades, I, I had a pretty abhorrent high school record as far as my ability to talk back rather than do my homework um and a lot of my friends who are going to school i you know ah you guys don't know where you're there ah you guys are wasting your time ah, i'm you know i'm making as much money right now at 19 as you're going to be five years after finishing that thing and then when i started school i realized you know there's there's an element of being a whole person that's and my i mean this my grandpa told me a lot about this. Is that you gotta balance your your career with your mind, with your body, with your family, and and like that's what makes you you. And and I I for for a few years there, I'd really neglected the the meta mind development that that I'm that I'm undergoing right now, and it's it's hugely rewarding.
0: Yeah. you find you do more reading now than you did five years ago?
1: Reading different things. Five years ago, I was like Kurt Vonnegut, get uh Ursula Le Guin, like full on sci-fi. Um and now it's what am I reading? Um Ian McEwen, like that yeah, as far as like novels go, I've kind of very much moved out of the sci-fi as much more into historical novels and um yeah historical novels and philosophy
0: You you reflect like all the things you did five years ago what you read what you read back then five years now what you're doing now like one thing leads to another the old chain reaction to learn discover perceive and move on and then continue on and educate yourself every day yeah yeah totally um yeah uh, let's talk about your, uh, how you got interested in, did you start volunteering before it became interested in politics in your community? Well,
1: um, like I said, a, a lot of the, the the running for the first time, which I guess sparked the second and third run, um, came from friends and family. Um, but coming, like being born and raised in Kensington Market, you have this very obvious community structure this community support network which is strong and communicative and uh interdependent um it, it it's really it's really inspiring and um i mean politically i i think that the best way to say this. I mean, I made a deposition at City Hall the other week for, for the Safe Streets project that they're pitching in Kensington, which is just riddled in ambiguous statements that are probably going to result in zoning changes. Um. And and the the strength of the community and its ability to organize and go represent itself was so evident and so inspiring. And then it all got undermined to the strength of the business associations which are filled with large companies and and representatives sitting on the business association who work for a company that has representatives on 12 business associations around the city so like that 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 kind of stuff was extremely frustrating um to see and also really encouraging to see the way that my neighborhood just immediately was able to snap back um with alternative and sometimes not not mean not traditional ways of organizing.
0: Talk about uh, your sorry to cut you off. Uh so go back to your uh community spirit in Kensington. thing. What is it about Kenson that made you you just saw the community spirit? Like I've seen a few things. You lived there. So what did you saw that made you cherish that part of that community? You know? What did you see about it? What is it about Kensington that made it I've heard different things about Kensington, even uh, St. Lawrence as well. Great community spirit like you talked about yourself. Yeah,
1: St. Lawrence is another good example of it. Um, I mean, this neighborhood is kind of the byproduct of the gentrification that took place in the 1920s through the 1960s in, in the ward where we've got all of our hospitals and institutions now. And again it's it's coming and it's experiencing another kind of displacement but in in resettling it um the first you know the first group to come over here from uh the ward were um predominantly jews and the italians who followed them went up to college but then the way that the market has gone through phases i mean when i was um when I was a kid I mean up until a few years ago it was extremely Latino uh now we've got a large number of Turkish businesses opening up and the way that the business the that especially um like new new Canadian businesses are able to set up here there's this attitude with the residents with the other business owners that's so integrative it's like Hey, welcome to the country. You've been here for eight months. We're going to treat you like everyone else has been getting treated for 25 years. And, and with that, there's this instant success that happens with so many of the businesses that recognize that and adopt that into their way of engaging with the community. Um and and I think it's pretty evident when you see which which businesses do and which businesses don't succeed um, in these small communities. It's, it, it's very reflective on the way that the business is engaged with its patron with, with its clients, the way that the business uh, engages with the other businesses on each side of it, the way that the business engages with their employees. Is it the owner that's operating the business or do they have somebody coming in from, a, you know, a, a 45 minute subway ride to work for $15 an hour. So like that kind of, tacit understanding of how to create something that you live in it it doesn't even need explaining it just happens and it works which is why i I get so fabric flabbergasted when when people want to shape it to work with the new idea of the city shape it to work with oh we're gonna we're gonna have uh you know a new model for for getting around your neighborhood and we're gonna implement it in every neighborhood in the city. Well, it's, you know, like the St. Lawrence Market, Kensington Market, um, Roncesvalles Park. Like these are areas that don't, you, you have no reason to leave your neighborhood yeah. if you don't need something that doesn't exist, which is almost nothing. It's it's, it's So when we reshape communities on a on a policy like government level, I, I, what I see them doing, and I see it in Kensington, like almost all the the neighborhoods that are based on a market platform, rather than a, a services platform. It, it's they undercut the 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 businesses that make those markets hold together um and and i think that if if the community stays together around those core businesses then like the case of kensington market despite the coffee shops despite the overwhelming drug shops it's not even pot shops anymore it's everything it's
0: the Don't community the
1: still retain control over their life together as a community
0: we talked before on the board about this these these immigrants came over to our city. They grew the community by establishing businesses, right? You know, the Jewish sector, the Italian sector, the Portuguese small businesses, mom and pop stores, we call them. They grew up, they established a community. That made the community till this day. But so when you get these conglomerates, we talked on the phone about this, uh, the enterprise coming in and you know get rid of like over here, uh, Lawrence and um, Don Mills there used to be a hat store there. Been there for like 30 years, you know, homemade hats. This guy's well. But it got pushed up because they took over the community, built these, you know, what do you call them, uh, franchise stores. And he's gone, unfortunately. But he, that uh, area, he grew that community, that whole area. Uh, you know, like you said, I like to do a book. I see a book, say, the, uh, it's called The Small Business That Grew the City of Toronto. Because this is all about, right? You go anywhere you go, like even all the, like uh, the Kensington, you go down there. I walked in the other day, And it's like all these small businesses. And I like, got uh, I look at the history, you got its history page. Look at it, not there anymore, it's gone. But that established, you know, like a Jewish, there's a Jewish deli last year closed down, been 35 years. That established that community because, you know, where people come together, different ethnic backgrounds, they kind of stick together and then they grow, right? So, but yeah. I think, you know, it, unfortunately, if you, they're right, you don't need to touch it. There's no, I don't want really, to, like I said, what this whole attitude is, we're going to restructure every community. It's not the same. Like every ward is different, you know, like my ward over here, North York, Scarborough. You know, leave it alone <laughs> for small businesses whatever. And now they're being ignored yeah. because, uh, you know, I get nothing against the BIA. I don't feel really about the BIA, but the BIA, I've talked to people in Lawrence, small business in Lawrence, a lot of Indian Pakistanis are ignored by the BIA because they said they're not probably a conglomerate of well known names in the BIA. Mm-hmm. It's unfortunate. You know, there's something we should yeah, do. Yeah, like
1: sure. I'm, I'm sure at Lawrence and Nelson, you've got the same problem that we do at, at Bathurst and College is, is yeah. you've got a fresh co, which in as far as gdp they they outweigh three quarters of the business they've also all of a sudden attracted a majority of of new residents who are you know living in condos that are overpriced and making compromises through their food choices um and then we give a seat to these to these major companies like the freshcos uh kensington market thankfully shut down the the starbucks that was going in um but but, I mean, to fathom the idea of having a Starbucks on a business owners association in a ethnic minority neighborhood that has been you know successful and autonomous since nineteen twenty five when they started moving I mean like it, it's it's yeah it's it's um it yeah i I, I it, it, it's it, I we should be indignant. We should yes. be very indignant about this.
0: I asked um, this on the, on the phone to you the other day. I, I know you agree with me. You think, uh, all these small businesses now have been shut down while well, they closed down. You think there should be some sort of recognition from the government? I'd say compensation, but do you have a different opinion. But because they grew the community of Toronto, all these businesses now have gone, you know, without them, that community would not have grown, right? Like the mom, we call the mom pop stores, the half stores, the Jewish deli the the grocery store. I I went I was biking on uh the the other day. I I talked to a whole bunch of little small grocery stores, you know. I asked I just pulled up, I asked how long you been here. He said I've been here 35 years. So that's amazing. Small grocery store puts his roots and vegetables out every morning. That's his daily routine. He told me the whole story. Yeah. Just and that's gonna be there. And then, you know what? It'd be a shame that it would disappear if some store that came in out of franchise. Because that whole he told me he serves the whole community. He has people that he yeah. he serves shelters, food banks, he says whatever's left over. He has women that come over. They take the produce. They make homemade stuff. They give it to the churches. They give it to people that are homeless. You know, it's a whole chain reaction of doing good for the community. You got something like a like a Starbucks comes in and gets rid of that small little grocery store. You know, to like the eyes of the businessman. I've been in the business myself doing advertising. You Look at that small store. They say, yeah, let's get rid of it. Let's put our let's make some money on that property. But they don't see the whole picture. You're going to affect that whole community, right? So, what I feel the. It,
1: I I think that what you're saying is has a lot of a lot of validity, but at the same time, it, like it, I I I I just make the little clarification that sometimes things do fizzle out. Yeah. Um, on on a big scale, it could be Kodak. We don't use film anymore. Um, on a on a little scale, um, SodaStream. To uh, Toronto used to be hugely into manufacturing soda water like it was, it was we had we had soda water manufacturers on every little corner uh Kensington Market good example of, of how things fizzle out
0: let's see pop yeah, up, let's just and then, and
1: sure. then <laughs> prove that there there just isn't room for that market anymore Kensington Market opened up a um a soda shop, an old school soda shop the kinds that were littering the streets from the 1890s through the 1930s.
0: Another
1: um, uh, the well, egg
0: store, was you, you mentioned another yeah, store. The egg store, you mentioned the You store. Yeah, the egg store. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Great
1: example. That's I mean, cool. I, I miss the egg store. I really do. To everyone watching who was in Kansas City 30 years ago, yeah, you know which one I'm talking about. It was, it sold eggs. That was it. It was financially viable and it was a very important part of the community because that's for literally everyone from Dundas to college to Bathurst to, you know, that's yeah. where we bought our eggs.
0: How long was it there for?
1: So, yeah. I'm okay. I I'm not before my time, I'll tell you yeah, that. Yeah, uh, yeah. I, I mean, who who knows how many years before my time, but um there's I I understand that there's some things that aren't as viable. But the 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 idea that and, and also the idea that mom and pop shops will close down because of social pressures, I mean, let's face it the 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 generation that was born in 2003 isn't really showing the signs of picking up grandma and grandpa's dried fruit and nut store uh it, it it's just not um i wish it was um I, the same way that i you know that i wish i in you know in some weird way picked up my you know, father's company who picked up his father's company and so on. And, and like, that's, that's a, I'm not going to say it's antiquated. I'm not going to say that it's not in itself a, a, a hugely important and, 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 um, um, beneficial way of, of, of living, but it, it's, it, it isn't the trend in urban youth and, I don't want to I don't want to go ahead and tell people that they should pick up uh their parents' uh variety store if if that's not the direction that they're going. And and let's face it, if, if you know, if if like you're saying there's a there's a racial element or a migrant element to some of these businesses, um Maybe it only was one generation where they introduced something. It morphed to adapt into Canadian culture and then got taken up everywhere else. Um, Think of most of our ethnic foods, for example, like they're catered to our tastes. So that, that first generation restaurant that came in might not do so well, but the influence that it had will. And, And I think that instead of maybe what you're saying, like, Paying reparations out to people who you know didn't succeed. If we can instead acknowledge the seeds of change and the and the influence and the positive elements that they left,
0: in case that a, a,
1: shaping, like not
0: I, that they didn't succeed, just in case they had succeeded, just established the business and growing the community, which is sort of a compensation or recognition. Like there's no, you can go to the history books, you can look up the internet and find an individual, but there's no uh, like one particular. Forum, like, you yeah, actually go, like, this is how the community grew in Kensington Market. The egg store, like, people I'll probably people watching it go, what's an egg store? they never heard of it. I know about it. You know about it, right? Where, where you can read about that? It's now, you told me I word them out. Where do you read that in a book? Can you tell me where you can find that in a book somewhere or any, or?
1: John Lorenk. John Lorenk. <laughs> he's done great stuff.
0: He's a good guy. Yeah, he's a good guy. Yeah, um... I like it, it, him. Yeah, yeah. But I'm just saying, like, they're uh, just not a, not a, just a recognition from the government, you know, like, well, they have plaques for everything, right? You know, like about a plaque that may not be there, like, uh like like we're talking with about these plaques that this business established, this community back. And it's a little history. People like to, when I mean, they go, like, you know, what kind of tens like would you like to see a plaque, like say that this, this business or this uh society or uh, society. Uh, well, it's uh, actually pretty uh, easy to do that.
1: You need 5000 signatures. You need a text <laughs> written that's about 240 words. Uh, it costs about 8,000 bucks. And for some reason, the plaques that they make those from are cast in the U.S. They're not cast here. Uh, um, but, you know, that's my, that's my me. but um, <laughs> uh, yeah, it's, it's totally doable. Uh, 5,000, uh, you need 5,000 people to recognize that as a uh, culturally and or communitarian, tripping over my words, um, as an, as an important enough, significant enough, uh, event or landmark or be what be it and uh get your flag. Um yeah there there's i mean there's a whole bunch of ways to to go about making people feel included and i think ultimately we we really do an amazing job here of making people feel included um i going back to businesses shutting down i mean if you know if you're like hinting at um, the the tyrannical shutdown of our of the the world uh, that resulted in, you know every every small restaurant, in the city shutting down and every small business in the city shutting down. and, and you know, I don't even want to think about the the actual numbers that I've read about um, how many of them stayed shut down. that that's another story. do we, do we owe people reparation for that? Uh, no, I think we owe the promise that it's never going to happen again um i again does that does that directly have to do with Toronto's business lineages or does that have to do with the larger movement of uh <laughs> yeah again I right? mean, the the yeah. convers the other conversations about the ways in which the world is run
0: yeah exactly but... <laughs> well go on the yeah. uh... The I mean, second, part yeah. we'll go, second part we'll go on second part will talk about your politics. Just 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 part just for this one ends, just uh so your your buddies are bugging you to run for politics. They must have seen something in you to ask you. You thought they were just teasing you, right? They must have seen something in your character as a person to say, hey, why don't you run for politics, Jack? You know, you say they just thought they were joking around on you. Well now
1: again, again, context is everything here. When I when I was 18 running for the first time, my opposition was was Rob Ford. I mean, (laughs) I was going up against a real heavy hitter here. Um, So, yeah, that first run was I I mean, let's face it, the the politics largely is a popularity contest and um, I think in a beauty pageant, I'd I'd, I'd have him in a bag, but um, unfortunately, the election didn't pan out like that, but we ended up with Story and well, I guess he's prettier than Rob Ford, too.
0: Yeah, so I just got uh, a one minute and a half left. So, uh, do you want to go in the second one or do I take a break or what? Um, yeah, we can take a little break. Okay, I'll take a five minute break and I'll come back in the second one. All right, we'll talk about your politics and we'll get into your more political stuff there. Okay, yeah, <laughs> and talk in about uh five minutes, we'll come back there and we'll get into your stuff there. Okay, so be back. Yeah.